Blog Talk Radio. On the children from these Sea Islands, from Jacksonville, North Kakalaki to Jacksonville, Florida. So glad that Hunter children still are tuning in to We Show, Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio. This show, the Queen Quet Head from the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation. So glad that the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition still a sponsor this year, Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio Station. And Hunter children wonder where we be? You can always find we at gullahgeechee.net. If Hunter wonder where we be, you can always find we at gullahgeechee.net. And you know, every Monday, we try for how hundred children join we y'all at this y'all one thing like that for we to get uplifting to the living legacy and pay ancestral homage. So the evening ain't going to be no different. So this year, we got to dedicate this year program to all of we Seminole ancestors where we go on during the fight and things like that. When we the call them the color war. So since this year Native American Heritage one, we will give more silence. To all the Asiola, Wildcat, all the Omana thing, what we did, and to Miss Charles Emily Wilson, what we did, make it all the way back it, when they've been a Lee baby, but if they cross over in the 90s. Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. So, honey, children, we've been following me upon the social media and things like that. Thank you, thank you. We're so glad for all of the children who have followed me 
at Gullah Geechee on Instagram and at Gullah Geechee on Twitter and things like that. Because every time I'm going wrong, we had these your chilling and thing when know where we the grind because they're going to keep up and thing like that. Rather was them one word to follow the Gullah Geechee Seattle Coalition, Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio, and Gullah Geechee Nation from Facebook. Thank you, thank you to all the hundred chilling. What not just follow Dry Long Soul for we know anything like that. But what follow and then come out to what we the pause. So we're so glad for all the hundred chilling. We're going to do that over these last couple of weeks and things. We have a day upon the seance with we, and then when the one drop your MPA with we, and things like that. Thank you to Widener College, and thank Widener University for having me there, and things like that. And for all the chilling who have been in NYC, the support we took, and all the different pilots and things we've been to carry all around the world, all throughout this year, Gullah Geechee Land and Legacy World Tour. So if Hunter Chillin want to keep up with what's going on, other rest of the week, and subscribe to We News at the Conk, email we to G U L L G E E C O at AOL dot com, G U double L G C O at AOL.com. And Hunter can go on you on it like me say the root a while ago and crack my teeth and none yet it is now. Hunter none yet it is. Gullah Geechee dot N-E-T G-U-L-L-A-H G-E-E-C-H-E-E dot N-E-T net. So, we're so glad if I had this your time for do we annual show called Gee Tanks. Because we show key thanks to God for all these your blessings and things we've been going on all this year here throughout the Gullah Geechee Nation. We're ready with us for still being you. For how we can't do anything alive. But it was we still be able for crack we teeth like this year, and we crack them like this year, all the rest of evil, no say who it are and know who we be. So, even a blessing for crack we teeth the other evening in Harlem, my brother Leroy Campbell, he can't throw him back like this year, but he don't stand when we crack we teeth so. And so, I'm going to have a guine yona in Harlem and things like that into the Soul Studio Gallery over the next three weeks so you can catch him and see my authentic self, the film purchased a new book called My Authentic Self and he could be coming back home to the Gullah Geechee Nation shortly so we're going to have him on the program so you can crack your teeth but watch out for Gullah Geechee TV because the episode coming on during these your holy days season but now all of this year through your art through the way we the crack your teeth so when we done study one another and things like that it draw the family back in draw them back together and things like that but plenty of people don't know about the Gullah Geechee diaspora so then things say all the Gullah Geechee just did it one with the Pondesi Island from Jacksonville, North Carolina, like the Jacksonville, Florida. I read it was initial thing where he called it Carolina, Georgia, low country, going inland to St. John River and things like that. But plenty of time when hundred children and yeti people are cracking teeth out of us that we like to buckle them like this, then people will say, well, oh, those can't be Gullah Geechee people because uh, they speak a different language. Not understanding that we can be bilingual, trilingual, quadrilingual, and so on, multilingual people, and that our ancestors most of the time were as well. People also don't grasp the fact that if you come to the Sea Islands and just because you see a black person, a person of African descent does not now make them Gullah Geechee. So by the same token, with all of these mislabelings, all of this promotion of heritage tourism, which is really distorting the image, the picture, and the truth of the story, we still in the midst of it all can give thanks for those of us who live the truth, who live our traditions, who live our history, our heritage and culture, who are able to still, through oral history and now through social media, be able to tell our own story because people are still attempting to market a plantation version, a gone-with-the-wind version of who we are 
and they have left out that journey from the Sea Islands to the Seminoles. They have left out greatly the battle cry, the fight, the freedom people, the warriors who have stood for our cultural traditions for many, many generations. They would rather see the Aunt Jemima, Mammy, Minstrel Show, Jokes, and now they're hiring people that do that um, and giving them scripts and then producing DVDs, and these things are being shown in different places, and people are believing that what they're seeing is the truth, or that is the true history, and it is not. We had this same dynamic many years ago, over 20 years ago, when another film that was a fictional film shot in black and white showed, and people did not know how to distinguish fiction from documentary. And so now it has gotten that much worse because people assume that if something can make it to a television station as opposed to a YouTube station, that, oh, there must be some validity in it because these people picked it to put on there. No, there's a thing called propaganda. And so this propaganda machine and mechanism is what began even during the time that chattel enslavement was still legal in the United States, and it is now, too, still check the Constitution of the U.S. There's a clause that lets it be legal. So here it is that we have a situation where people who were Igbo, Mandinka, Valenke, Yuriba, Gola, Gizi, Mendi, Temni, Fiki, Bibio, were then placed in bondage, placed together on sea islands, Some say in isolation, but it's not isolation when you actually are doing all of your navigation and your transportation by water, and that's what you're surrounded by, and you are the scientists, the boat builders, the engineers in your own country, and you just get placed in another country, and you have metal workers there with you. You have blacksmiths, the Igbos that are there with you. You have the Angolans that are there, who the blacksmiths who are with you, that can still go ahead and smelt this iron and then make it into a tool that then others can now construct the boats and you can still navigate and go where you need to. You can still go out here and cast the net, sew a net, cast the net, and bring in food for your family. You can also continue down that waterway to freedom or up that waterway to freedom or away from these islands of enslavement, and many did. But what has happened over many generations is that the propaganda machine of American education and Western education has been to totally deny any plausibility of African people being people, number one, and being thinkers, number two. And we'll deal with Stolen Legacy another time, but that's a book that you should read so that you would under and overstand some of the concepts that I bring before you as a mathematician. So there's no way that people can develop systems that can engineer pyramids and build them and they still be standing thousands of years after the fact prior to there being modern-day equipment and people still not being able to fully understand how that got there and then turn around and say, but the people who descend from them were these ignorant people who had no knowledge of how to get off an island to another one. That's not possible. And that these were people who somebody else had to teach how to speak and teach how to write and teach how to read when these are the people who actually came from a continent where reading and writing was the norm. It was just a matter of what language was it in. Was it the language of your village or not? So here it is that when you amalgamate 
all of these different Africans, and now they encounter the Kusabo and the Yemasi and the Adisto, and these folks that are native to this land on these sea islands. And they also have their own languages, and one of those languages being Muscogo, okay? And you have this this name that now people are are using. You have the Crete language that's getting in. You have Mikasuki. You have these different people you're encountering, and they all have their own way of speaking. And so now there's a blend. There's a blend of language. There's a blend of tradition, and there is a blend of tactics so that we all start to strategize together and realize we're not each other's enemy, but the person trying to enslave us and the person trying to take over this land is the enemy. So now they band together, and when they begin to fight, these Africans and these indigenous or Native American peoples begin to fight, and they begin to win, and they win again, and they win again, and they win again for over 40 years. They did not want it to be said that, quote, there are more Negroes in this war than Indians, end quote. They wanted it to be noted that if the Africans who were in bondage found out that it was their people that were beating the European militias, then more Africans might run to freedom and they might join those ranks and they may begin to do guerrilla warfare similar to what the Maroons did in Jamaica, okay, similar to the battles and the bloody fights that went on in Haiti. So here it is that we can't let them know that these are their people. So, but we got a word for these people. These people who are fighting us, these people who are unconquerable, we got to have a word for them. And so here you get this word, Seminole. Seminole actually comes from the Spanish word cimarron, and which is the same word from which maroon comes from. So we ended up with Seminole being used over here in the Sea Islands and going into the bayous and the Gulf area and across into Mexico and upward into Oklahoma. We get Seminole being used to say wild or exiled, also truly meaning unconquerable. And this word maroon is used in various other parts of the African diaspora, where Seminole and Gullah Geechee are part of the same diaspora, the Gullah Geechee diaspora. So here it is that at time of year, it causes me to reflect on something that I read about, I study, I see in the eyes and the skin and the embraces of my people that are labeled today Seminole, whether they're from the Bahamas or whether they're from Oklahoma, or whether they're from Texas at this point in time. And I say they're from there only in the sense that the last maybe two or three generations were born there or had children born there. And what most can always say to me, but our people are from Carolina, we know that. So I give thanks when I do reflect and at first get upset about the propaganda machine and how long we stayed separate because we didn't know that when you called the name Gullah Geechee, it meant y'all who call yourselves Black Seminole and Seminole Negro Indian Scouts, Seminoles, and all this and Maroons, that you didn't know that. And that if any of those other terms were used, Gullah Geechees wouldn't have identified with it. In fact, we got Gullah Geechees who don't identify with the term Gullah or Geechee. And so here it is that because somebody else's propaganda machine, African people, indigenous people, and people who bear the DNA of both 
indigenous American people and of Africans who are Gullah Geechee, black Seminole warriors up to this moment. We had been dispersed and we had been separated by others because it would benefit others to keep us separate. And even up to this moment, it still does. But there is something to give thanks for. That we could have cracked with like this year. Because this year, and bring all of you back together now. We need this year, we could see anything like that. Even electronic one. God, we together. The show didn't think like that. So that other us are chilling on standing. So that honey chilling now. Have a yeti this year from the Madava. They needed to work with them. Honey, get yeti you want. And then cow from you. And so here it is that today, by virtue of a blessing, call our language the Gullah language, the dialect of it, Geechee, what others call Seminole, that people told me when I was there at the Seminole Days this year and spoke, officially spoke, because I've spoken there before, but officially was on the program to speak. You know how family do you. They just, you know, throw you on the program just because you showed up. But this year, officially, I was on the program, and it was publicized that I'd be there and to be embraced by family that was from, that still lived in Cal, in, in South Carolina, in the Carolinas, and family that was there that lived in various parts of Texas and family that now lived in California and many of them that lived in Mexico. And that was the blessing to find that there were still those that lived in Mexico or were just over on the U.S. side of the border in Del Rio and that they still spoke Spanish, they still speak Seminole, or what I call Old Goa, and they understood me when I spoke. They felt and remembered the songs when I sang. Because the elders, they remembered, used to speak this thing, but they didn't know what you call it. They just knew it was some kind of African tongue, and they would speak it in private. They would hide it. This is what people of Marunash do. That which is sacred, that which is the thing that keeps you alive, that which keeps you to fight on day after day, even as the enemy thinks he or she has you surrounded. That thing that lifts your spirit and moves you to know that even when others don't understand why you do what you do, you know the Creator centers you in the right space and in the right time. That thing they held on to. And I could see such pride and joy in the eyes of the children's children's children to finally hear their language that they heard the great-grandma and them used to speak, and the great-granddaddy used to speak, and the grandma and the granddaddy used to speak, and those people are now over in the graveyard over there. So they can't hear them with their physical ears, only feel them and hear them in their souls and in their spirits. So now to be embraced by family of the Gullah Geechee diaspora, wherever I go, to have a brother just about get knocked down by my security to haul him as I'm trying to go in to this book release for Leroy Campbell because this brother just said, but that's Queen Quet, right? I said, yes, it is. And he said, well, I'm from Orangeburg, South Carolina. Now, mind you, Orangeburg, South Carolina is not in the Gullah Geechee Nation. It is outside the Gullah Geechee Nation. But it is a college town. 
So a lot of Gullah Geechee people migrated to Orangeburg to work, to go to school. Some ended up staying up that side. But many come back to the coast after they finished their education at HBCUs there. But here it was that him just seeing me did something for him. It ignited something for him. So all he did was suddenly do this rapid approach. But you don't be having no brothers running up on you in a rapid approach on 125th Street in New York. Nowhere in New York, for that matter, without putting a halt on that. Because you don't know what they're approaching you for. So this kind of awareness is what our ancestors had to have when they were in the Bushava, the Brashava. What is the approach for if they heard those feet coming in the distance? Is that a dog chasing me out here? Is that what they released, some bloodhounds, to get me back into bondage? And if it is, what do I have on me to do away with the dog because I ain't going back? This sensitiveness to connection but then also to sacredness and knowing when there is no threat. But that, in fact, that's not the bloodhounds coming, but that's more your own people's feet running, looking for you. Because if you go into freedom, they're coming too. And that's what I give thanks for, is that there were so many feet this year running to me instead of away from me. That more and more our people have become enlightened and empowered where they want to now run to the Gullah Geechee Nation flag. They want to have their flags and their banners to hold high. They want to be known as Gullah Geechee and as black Seminole warriors, unconquerable. Seminole, Maroon, Gullah Geechee people. That this year we've had our Maroon family of Jamaica be able to present our Queen Nannies documentary at the United Nations, while yet the United Nations is showing a propaganda film about the Gullah Geechee Nation in this international decade of people of African descent. Instead of them coming to the leaders who've been to the United Nations repeatedly, they decided to show a story of victimization, people losing land on an island but not showing all the ones who have fought for and successfully held on to land on these sea islands. Not showing how it is still our people that not only went to school or were schooled out in Brackettville back before and even taught to assimilate, they now own the common school for their own association, which I'm a member of. And so that now there's a museum there to be a testimony, a monument, an educational center for people to come there to learn our story from us so they can yeti who we be and know this here for true because it came from we. So I give thanks for this day, for this journey, for being able to continue the Gullah Geechee Land and Legacy World Tour. And we have one more year to go next year in December, December 21st, the anniversary of the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition. That will be the 20th anniversary. That will be the culmination of the Gullah Geechee Land and Legacy World Tour. So I give thanks that in the midst of bombs being exploded on people and kidnappings going on and climate change dynamics that I've had safe travels and I pray to continue to do so because I have more travels to come before this year ends and I give thanks for all of you that support the reuniting of the Gullah Geechee diaspora that are not the people who would rather just make a dollar or a dime 
by telling a story that you know ain't true, by playing the roles that other people pay you, that instead joining in, being unified would be the blessing. And that is what I still stand for. No matter how many cut eyes, how many haters, how many storytellings I've heard about what I'm supposed to be doing out here, it is an interesting journey because in the midst of it all, I can keep tanks. Because when I do lay down at night, I have a place that's warm that I can lay down in and that when I do go to sleep, I sleep well and I can sleep through. I'm not tortured by anything. I don't have to repent every night for the lies I told on somebody or what I stole from them, like I've seen so many people doing all around me and all around the other leaders of the Gullah Geechee Nation while they lie, cheat, and steal and say, we're the radicals and we're the ones that people shouldn't follow and they shouldn't want to be part of a nation. They should just want to be part of these other things that have nothing to do with the culture surviving and thriving, has everything to do with everybody else making money off of the culture through tourism while the people sleep, as Lauren Hill said. This is what's going on, the propaganda machine that would not write of the Africans, the propaganda machine that never wanted you to know about Cato and the Stoner Rebellion, the propaganda machine that has tried to keep the pages of black history out of his storybooks, and that is why they don't they don't celebrate on PBS and stuff, Black History Month no more. They just give you a little propaganda here and there to appease you. And so, well, here, watch this, but this is something that we've sanctioned. So it's told the way we want it told. It's told by the one or two people that we let tell it. You know, we've sanctioned it. But we can't just let everybody's documentaries get out here, like Wilmington on Fire, which many of you heard me interviewing once again, Christopher Everett, uh, this past month. We had him on the show. In fact, not this past month, this month, earlier this month, we had him on the show because the same weekend that we were celebrating on St. Helena Island, he was going to be premiering this film, finally, Wilmington on Fire. And so I want to let you know that after sold-out screenings for that one, the film is actually going to be at the Thalian Hall, 310 Chestnut Street in Wilmington, North Carolina, on December the 2nd at 4 p.m. and at 7 p.m. December the 2nd at 4 p.m. and 7 p.m. You can actually purchase tickets. Just go to Wilmington on Fire on Facebook. Go to Christopher Everett's page on Facebook. All the details are there and also on the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition's page. We've posted several times and we'll be posting again on the Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook page as well. And so if you follow us at Gullah Geechee, again, G-U-L-L-A-H-G-E-E-C-H-E-E, no I, in Geechee, you'll see when we repost that as well. So if you are in North Kakalaki, please go and check out Wilmington on Fire. These are other types of documentaries that tell our story. I give thanks that this film is out this year and that people will finally get to see the truth of what happened in North Carolina. And you will say, well, how in the world is it just about 2016? And I'm just learning about the Wilmington race riot of 1898. And why was this hidden? Because maybe if you'd have known sooner, maybe you would have done something about it. 
like supporting those families with getting the restitution and the reparations that they deserve for that massacre, for that coup d'etat, as Brother Umar Johnson has said over and over again. It was a political act. It is yet still a political act to this day to try to to tell you that Gullah Geechee's are simply entertainers. Gullah Geechee's are mammy characters and jokes, and that we are not fighters and warriors, that the black Seminoles are all gone, that the Indians are all dead. There's no such thing. So this Native American Heritage Month, I honor our ancestors, the Kusabo, the Yemasi, the Adisto, the Cree, and, of course, the Seminoles, and I give thanks that and our tradition, we do thanksgiving to thank God and to thank God for keeping our families together. So I pray that that is what you and your family will be doing this week. And please say a prayer for me, say a prayer for we, and let us continue on this journey. God bless Huna Chillin. I give thanks for all of Huna Watunin every week for Yeti Me. This year the Queen Quet had the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation. Thank you, thank you, Huna Chillin, for tuning in to Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio Station. <laughs> 